Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Whatever happened to Bob Seger? Rhetorical question. Uh, Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, Catherine Swift, the beauties. At Michelle Simpson on Twitter. At Linda Leatherdale on Twitter. LindaLeatherdale.com on the web. And Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca. They're the beauties. And I have to tell you, I haven't done this before because I don't know why. But I receive fan mail, great, I mean, really great emails about uh, the three of you every week. Every week. You are, no, you really appreciate it. And I wanted to make sure that We're earning our high pay. Yes, you are. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Hello, beauties. Hello, hi, Roy. Can we let's start uh, not with the issue of small business tax fairness? So we'll get we'll get to that. But what I'm really what I'd really like you to start with, and, and Catherine, I know this uh, this this tweaked you, and that is the energy resource projects. And as you uh, emailed, they're dropping like flies these days. And Energy East is the first one you focused on. Just just your thoughts on what's happening as far well, as this is concerned. It's just the- it's just the latest one. It's, it's, you know, it just happened in the last week that the National Energy Board has put absurd um, new intrusive requirements on a project that has already had regulatory approvals up the yin-yang. Anyway, and, and I don't want to get it. The, the gory details are, 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 would take way much longer, much longer than we have on the show. But, you know, it, there was the, the, the LNG, the liquid, liquefied natural gas project on the West Coast, billions and billions of dollars. We've seen pipelines, um, uh, you know, discouraged all over the place. The Energy East, of course, was the, the Eastern Canada, not Quebec, because, uh, as we know, they, they don't want any development, seemingly. But, you know, the Atlantic provinces were, were dying for it because it would be such an economic boon. And it's, uh, TransCanada has recently said they're going to take a breather. And, and unfortunately, that breather probably means it's dead. I, I think the best hope right now, perversely, is that Donald Trump indeed forces through the keystone so that Alberta, um, you know, Alberta oil can find a way to, uh, to tidewater, basically. So what so are the this, reasons? Th- these are tens of billions of dollars of development we're not having here in Canada. Yeah. And, of course, the message to investors is don't come here. Stay away. Well, this is, one of the points in a, this is one of, a, one of the points in a tweet that uh, took off earlier in the week. And it was about natural resources not being used and who, or not being uh, taken advantage of and who's responsible for that. I just put an equal sign and it, and it took off. The, 
the situation with Energy East in Quebec, and I'm going to direct this to all of you, is really concerning because as Mr. Coderre, and I'm not pointing a specific finger at Denny Coderre, but he's the guy, <laughs> he's the guy who said basically no, and he was the representative voice of some 83 mayors in the greater sort of Montreal massive area, and they yeah. said, no, we don't want Energy East, and the question that it keeps coming back to me is, why not? And all I keep doing is looking at the St. Lawrence River, and you know that the Middle Eastern uh, oil tankers are plying that river. They're bringing the oil for refiner for the refinery in Montreal. Meanwhile, nothing, or not to say nothing, but, you know, the Energy East pipeline is not there. So it's, it's, it's not going to, uh, the Alberta uh, bitumen isn't going to, uh, to Montreal, uh, or to the, I'm sorry, to, uh, to uh, Tidewater, which it should be. And I have to ask, is somebody getting rich on the fact, now it's a legitimate question, is somebody getting rich on the fact that the oil tankers go up the St. Lawrence from the Middle East because there is also some very environmentally sensitive area, but they go up the, the St. Lawrence and Quebec has a history of politicians getting into trouble and fairly recent history for not playing exactly correctly and legally with rules, regulations, and the law. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, but I think it's a legitimate question that needs to be answered, or at least asked. Yeah. Indeed. Agreed. I agree. Somebody's getting rich. And you hit but even beyond that, that, the perversity of us importing massive quantities of oil from the likes of Saudi Arabia and countries that I think most Canadians would have an issue with a lot of their, you know, social practices and, and, and laws and on and on and on, and yet not enabling our own domestic people. It's yeah. not cutting down on the U.S. But at the same time, they're looking for, for, they're looking for transfer money. Oh, it, oh no, it, well, that's the, other, that's the other ironic in the extreme part of it. Uh, but, uh, but it's not cutting down on the usage of this, folks. We're just using somebody else's and paying dearly to do so. Michelle, why, 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 isn't, why isn't this being pushed in Parliament? Is there, is there a reason nobody's asking the question? Why is it okay for the Middle Eastern tankers to come up the St. Lawrence? No but, one wants to deal with this hot potato. And that's what it is, Roy. Nobody wants to take a stand. Is somebody, is somebody getting rich? Oh, I think so. I, I think there's money that's being spread around. It, it, it has to be. Everything we have boils down to money. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, Linda, it's just, it's so obvious it's so it's obvious, so right, obvious that, that it demands an explanation, well, it demands an answer. Well, here we are, Canadians. They're sitting here going, okay, so we have these hurricanes, et cetera, are now being beholden with high gas prices. I listened last week to Dan McTagg. You talked to him. And we're, he says we've cut back on refineries. We've cut back so we have to depend. We send mm-hmm. it down to the United States, and then it comes back here. And we pay, well, first of all, we're taxed to death on our energy. We know that. But more than that, we are paying so much for a natural resource that is coming from here. It's not right. Every Canadian should be asking that question. And quite honestly, Roy, Quebec, no one taking graph, et cetera. You probably are hitting the nail on the head. Catherine, how does this, how does this play out? Now, what do you, how do you evaluate the, uh, the, 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 the scenario that Energy East has stopped 
but the tankers from the Middle East are welcome. What what the hell is going on? Well, it, it's it's insanity, and and all these so-called green groups should be ashamed of themselves because, of course, they don't protest against this. All of no, this, they uh, don't at all. They, not not a shred of it. While they stymie our local economies, and of course that's not. It, 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 of course, everything comes down to money. And these people are are that work for these green, you know, so-called green NGOs, non-government organizations, and so on. They have very good salaries. They get funded by a number of. Uh, well, George Soros, of course, is the famous one. But there's all manner of very rich people that often, <laughs> the, the crazy thing is, sometimes they have made their money in these industries, and then for some reason they get old and crotchety, I guess, and they decide they want to fund groups to fight it. But the, the, I, I think from an economic standpoint, the, the sad part is the damage, you don't see the damage right away. You'll see the damage over a period of years and possibly even decades in terms of the decline of Canada as a resource nation. And you know, one thing that struck me, we, we saw census data last week come out that showed a pretty healthy increase in average incomes in Canada over the, the decade from 2005 to 2015, which was the survey period of the census. And you know what one of the main drivers was? Natural resources in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, Michelle, what is going to happen in Canada's parliament as far as this issue is concerned? Nothing? Because I don't see. I, I, don't, I don't see any. I don't see any. Have the political will? Nobody. Nobody. To to do something about not it. the liberals, not the conservatives, not the new no, Democrats. Nobody, nobody tackled it. But the other perversity is: remember all those carbon taxes? We were all told you have <laughs> to pay them because then we will have social license to have pipelines and to have this development. What a, what a bunch of balderdash that we were all sold there, eh? Yeah, yeah. what a bunch of baloney. What, what is balderdash? <laughs> baloney. <laughs> or worse words okay. that I won't use on the radio. <laughs> so I'm going to have... We might get fired. <laughs> so I'm going to have... Get a... severance, Linda. Okay, kids. Okay, kids. Back in the corral now. Uh, <laughs> what, what I'm going to have is a balderdash and mustard sandwich. Uh <laughs> Malarkey's another one. Oh, yeah. I went to school with him. When we come back, the uh, employment insurance uh, rates going up. And you know what somebody said to me? I brought this up in conversation uh, the other day. Well, it's not that big a deal for somebody who's, uh, you know, got some employees. It's only, what, three bucks per hundred dollars of insurable earnings. What's the big deal? We will ask when we come back. Stay with us. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Beauties on the Beast with uh, Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson at Michelle Simpson on Twitter. Uh, WorkingCanadians.ca for Catherine, Linda Leatherdale, Vice President of Cambria, Canada, and at Linda Leatherdale on Twitter. Before uh, we get to EI, let me just bring up something here that, uh, Linda, you sent this, and it had to do with, and I said we'd wait a little bit as far as the small business, um, tax, uh, um, attack is concerned, but I want to get at this. You sent an email and you said, while liberals keep hurting small business owners, clamping down on income splitting, etc., why are they not going after all the people avoiding paying billions in tax 
As per the Panama Papers. Go ahead, yeah. Linda. Well, I've had several people. Who are your listeners, Roy? Um, and they heard us talking about, you know, taking on the poor small business leaders. These are the guys who are creating the jobs. And somebody said to me, Linda, I don't get it. We, we've seen some great news reporting on the Panama Papers, and we now know that it is an issue. And I'm not saying that the rich, I don't want to... Well, let's, let's, let's specify what the Panama Papers are. Well, it was a, an investigative piece that really proved that there's a lot of shell companies out there and probably illegal begotten gains that are being not paying their fair share of taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panama Papers reached deep. I'm sure you all read about it. But somebody said to me, here are these guys. Canada has a role to play here. We are supposed to declare all worldwide income, et cetera. And obviously that is not happening. And yet they choose to go for the low-lying fruit. The small business entrepreneur who puts out family money and, 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 and takes a chance and doesn't get EI or any social assistance whatsoever if he fails and yet these other guys are out there, and I haven't heard anything more on the Panama Papers, and who is clamping down, and who is going after. So let's, uh, let's, bring, Michelle, let's bring Michelle into, into this as well. Michelle, um, CRA was going after the tax cheats, and I kept hearing, as Linda says, low-hanging low, low fruit. Yeah. Uh, you heard about the, the, the wait staff, you know, or the, or the, the guy who, who drives machinery, heavy machinery in the oil sands, but has a little courier business on the side. Those are the people they were going after. Why isn't why isn't this Panama Papers issue getting traction? No, you know what? They're they're going after the easy pickings, and especially in Ontario, I'd hate. I had ran a small business, and um, I'm glad I'm out of it because I would set my hair on fire with what's happening particularly in Ontario, but they're going after small business ferociously. If you talk to doctors, you talk to doctors in British Columbia, they'll tell you a horror story as well on doctors across the country. Catherine, the Panama Papers, uh, there was a lot of money involved, and it was going to be a major, major pursuit. What's happened? It just sort of well, trailed you know, off, you know, didn't it? Michelle's right, though. It's hard to go after that stuff. A lot of it, I mean, that's mega, that's mega wealthy people. And by the way, there was a lot, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but there was a lot of talk uh, on social media last week about Morneau's name having turned up in the Panama Papers, which wouldn't shock me, given that he comes from a very wealthy family. He inherited the business, you know, uh, that he used to have. Uh, and, of course, his wife is a McCain. Well, Stephen Taylor uh, tweeted yeah. uh, about Morneau and his holdings, and Morneau Chappelle yeah. indirectly owns $32 million in common stock. Yeah. Well, like I say, I don't want to cast aspersions. No, I'm just repeating I don't, what I, was I tweeted. I have done the research, and uh, you know, I, I would do it before I did. But let's face it. You know, that kind of stuff is so hard to get at. So Michelle's right. It's it's more low hanging fruit. You go after small business. But, but small business uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Catherine, hold on. Yeah, everybody, please let me ask this. We're talking about billions of dollars. We can't just write it off as being hard to get at. If they make it a point to say, we're going to go get that money, or we're going to try to get that money, and then they turn around and they go after the low-hanging fruit of the small business person, somebody has to say, hang on a second here, where does, where does fact, interest, and public relations uh, intersect? That's yeah, but you know what else? Let's face it. Uh, some of these people, these senior politicians, would know personally. 
And yeah. that's, that's, part part of of that's part yeah. of the reason they don't go after them. Yeah, Michelle? I agree. We have to, but we have to start a tax revolt. How? Seriously, how? Um, well, Roy, we're going to have you lead it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sure. Deflect to me. <laughs> no, seriously. And let's talk. If, if you, you want to have a tax revolt, we've talked about this many times. It's like having a gasoline price revolt. Everybody's in it until their gas tank is empty and there's a gas station uh, but, right in front of them. Exactly. Yeah. And we Canadians, it, the bottom line is we are lucky, relatively speaking, to, to the rest of the world. We look around the world and we say we're relatively lucky, and that is true. But, boy, we really are being stiffed. And I think the whole thing, the thing that bugs me the most about this small business tax thing is how dishonest the prime minister, the finance minister, and others, other liberals. And, by the way, a bunch of liberals are peeling off, eh? Because they're getting an earful from their constituents. And every single tax expert, the accountants, you know, the people that live this every day, all of them have said there are huge, huge problems with this proposal that's been put out. But we are being sold a bill of goods. It is not going after the mega wealthy at all. It's going after average people. Of course, there are some well-off people in that mix. The vast majority, though, are not mega wealthy. They're average people that we all know. They're in our neighborhoods and so on. And that truth will eventually come out. Here's a question for Michelle. You know uh, Justin Trudeau well. You sat with him as a seatmate in Parliament. Yeah. Um, how And you know his emotional frailties. Yeah. How is he going to accept members of his caucus, MPs, saying, hang on a minute, I want to talk about this this, uh, this business tax fairness initiative of yours. How is he going to react to that? They've already approached him. I know that, but how, and, how will, how will he what? react? And I think he doesn't. He really doesn't care about how caucus feels. It's going to be the voters and the public that he'll pay attention to. Well, frankly, I hope they do go ahead with this if in a, in a perverse, uh, black, you know, dark kind of way, because yeah. they will get such opposition to this that uh, deservedly so. Uh, that they won't be re-elected. All right, we have 30 seconds left. And Ms. Leatherdale, would you tell us where you are and what you're doing? Oh, my God, I'm standing out here on Stony Lake at Ronnie Hawkins' place. The tents are going up. Everything's going up. We're having the last hurrah party with Ronnie Hawkins. People like Chris Christopherson, um, the Arkansas boys, um, some politicians. (laughs) There's going to be a crew here tomorrow (laughs) celebrating Ronnie Hawkins. What a great, a great man, uh, just done so much for this country and is so proud yeah. to be a yeah. Canadian, Canadian, even though he came from Arkansas. Arkansas. Gotta go. Yeah, Rub it right. in, Linda. Rub it in, okay? <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> okay. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye. Talk to you next weekend. Bye-bye.